Welcome now to our Access Utah Holiday Special. Tom Williams with you. You're hearing the Lightwood duo there. Uh, they're in our production studio at the UPR Studios in Logan. Mike Christiansen on guitar and Eric Nelson on the reed instruments. And uh, in studio with me, Studio A, is uh, Tim Slover. So we uh, welcome you uh, to the program and uh, very happy to have you with us. Uh, Tim Slover is going to give us readings for the season. And Lightwood Duo will uh, give us holiday music. And uh, you're welcome to stay with us for the hour. Hope that uh, you will. Uh, so, gentlemen, welcome to the program. Uh, Mike Christiansen, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Tom. Always a pleasure. Uh, Eric Nelson, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Tim Slover, thank you. I'm pleased to be here. You, uh, it, it's, it's always a, a treat to uh, have you drive up from Provo. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tour of the north that I yeah. look forward to. Yeah. Let's, uh, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about what's uh, going on. I always like to talk with... Uh, Mike and Eric about the, your airport gig during the <laughs> during the holidays. I don't know if you have that going on this year. Oh yeah, yeah, the marathon. Okay, yeah, yeah we'll we'll talk more about that. Pacifying the passengers during this <laughs> right. for the, during this uh, stressful time of year. Right. Uh, let's uh, jump in with uh, with another another tune. Okay, Mike and Great. Eric. All right.
That's the Lightwood Duo, Mike Christiansen and Eric Nelson, uh, performing beautiful Christmas music there. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Eric, what are you what are you playing? The clarinet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. The B-flat clarinet. I have I, the bass clarinet here, too, for a later one. So, I, I don't have to ask Mike. Uh, he's playing the guitar. But, right. Uh, but uh, Eric plays a variety of, uh, of reed instruments. So That's right. Um, it's uh, beautiful. Uh, gentlemen, uh, remind us, uh, Lightwood Duo, how long you been playing together? How did that come about? Oh, gosh, since... Um, since 1991, 90, yeah. 91 yeah. as a duo, worked together with a four-piece group before that. Okay. Uh, with Eric on saxophone and keyboards, and then we started doing the clarinet guitar thing clarinet uh, eric's main instrument and uh we just thought that uh, would be a great combination and we started rehearsing doing some things and we played a couple of casuals with it and the people seemed to take a liking to it so uh mm. and then we uh ended up working together as a duo quite a bit mm. and it's uh is this somewhat unusual guitar clarinet yeah it is very and much so yep. yeah yeah so all of our arrangements have to be we have to do our own uh, arrangements mm-hmm. and there's somebody writing for this this combination there are a, f- a couple of people doing uh, jazz guitar you know an arch top electric guitar with clarinet but uh not uh not anyone that i know of doing a, a nylon string with a clarinet no. maybe one or two uh, classical combinations uh, classical duos are doing it but. yeah yeah that's uh it's it's beautiful and uh, thank you. Thank so you. you have uh, several albums out, uh, more than several, I think. You know. We do. We have uh, a bunch of CDs available. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, lightwoodduo.com, best place to go for people? That's correct, right. Okay. All right. Uh, Tim Slover in the studio with, with me, uh, theater professor. True. University of Utah. Uh, frequent trips to London. In fact, you were telling me before we went on the air that uh, there are two towns that you know that you know kind of like the back of your hand <laughs> and no other towns right. i can get lost every, everywhere and anywhere but i do know provo pretty well and i actually know london pretty well yeah uh so london you take students there do you we do we mm-hmm. take uh, a study abroad group there every year in may and june and we also work with continuing education at the university of utah their go learn program where we take actual adults for 10 days uh in a, a trip we call theater on stage london on stage i should say um and that's uh, a great, great, fun mm. 10-day trip. Mm. So if you, uh, uh, let me have you think think back, the beginning of your, uh, when you were choosing your career, why, why theater? Well, you know, it lets you talk a lot. Uh, if you're an actor, of course, you get to talk a lot uh, and uh, use other people's words. Uh, I was a fairly indifferent actor, so uh, I moved into writing the words themselves. And then you get to hear other people say your words mm. um and uh i don't know it's it's all that's always been very appealing to me also it's collaborative i like people i like working with people if you're painting a painting you're done when the painting's painted when you write a play you're just beginning because mm. now it's about to get turned into a text by other people mm. uh remind me you, you've written uh, a play on handle on, on the creation of messiah what uh, what True. else have you written Well, uh, the most recent play is going up in February at Plan B Theater. It's called Virtue, and it's a play. Get ready. Get ready to to write your checks for your tickets now. You're going to be so excited about the subject matter. It's about an 11th century uh, and then 12th century mystic German nun named Hildegard. Okay. Well, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) It's Hildegard von Bingen. Hildegard von Bingen, who, as you know, uh, was just a remarkable woman. Uh, She wrote the first opera. 
I didn't know that. She did. Yeah. Uh, Ordo Virtutum was the very first sung through, we would say now, musical mm-hmm. ever written. It was written in the 12th century. And so this is the story of how that came to be. Mm-hmm. We'll talk more. Uh, where's the best place to go to find information on you? Uh, just call me up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> find you at the University of Utah? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Uh, or Plan B Theater right okay. now, if, yeah. or if you're interested in that production. All right. As we go along, we'll talk about the Christmas Chronicles, which I'll uh, put a plug in for that. We're airing that again on Utah Public Radio as part of our holiday programming. And that begins on Monday, 7 p.m., runs through Thursday. Thank you. Uh, I, I should point out to listeners that that, that wasn't a non sequitur, that uh, Tim Slover is the author of Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, what are you going to read for us here? Well, I love putting together this program uh, because I I get to do a variety of things. I obviously adore Christmas, uh, and uh, so the first piece is uh, by a poet. He was the Poet Laureate uh, of England from 1972 till his death in 1984, and his name is John Betjeman. This is one of his best-known poems. It's called Christmas, and I just want to say that it makes two references that might need explanation. One is it talks about a thing called a tortoise stove, which is a, an old, reliable, but very slowly heating stove that was used a lot in England in the 50s. And the other is the Dorchester Hotel, which was the Trump Tower of its day uh, in, in, uh, in London, still around, of course, but the luxury hotel. Christmas by John Betjeman. The bells of waiting advent ring. The tortoise stove is lit again, and lamp oil light across the night has caught the streaks of winter rain in many a stained glass window sheen from crimson lake to hooker's green. The holly in the windy hedge and round the manor house the yew will soon be stripped to deck the ledge, the altar, font, and arch and pew so that villagers can say, the church looks nice. On Christmas Day, provincial public houses blaze and corporation tram cars clang. On lighted tenements I gaze where paper decorations hang. And Bunting, in the red town hall, says, Merry Christmas to you all. And London shops on Christmas Eve are strung with silver bells and flowers. As hurrying clerks the city leave to pigeon-haunted classic towers. And marbled clouds go scudding by the many-steepled London sky. And girls in slacks, remember Dad. And oafish louts, remember Mum. And sleepless children's hearts are glad. And Christmas morning bells say come, even to shining ones who dwell safe in the Dorchester Hotel. And is it true? And is it true, this most tremendous tale of all, seen in a stained-glass window's hue, a baby in an ox's stall, The maker of the stars and sea become a child on earth for me? And is it true? For if it is, no loving fingers tying strings around those tissued fripperies, the sweet and silly Christmas things, bath salts and inexpensive scent and hideous tie so kindly meant, no love that in a family dwells, no caroling in frosty air, nor all the steeple-shaking bells can with this single truth compare that God was man in Palestine and lives today in bread and wine. So tell us the uh, title and author again. Christmas by John Betjeman. Oh, wonderful. As Tim Slover doing that, uh, that reading for us. You're listening to the Access Utah Holiday Special. It's our yearly tradition. And we have with us uh, in studio uh, Lightwood Duo, Mike Christiansen on guitar and uh, Eric Nelson on clarinet. And uh, we also have in studio with us Tim Slover, 
playwright, author of the Christmas Chronicles. He's uh, giving us readings uh, for the season. Uh, Mike and Eric, can we hear something else? What are, what are you going to play for us? Sure. Um, let's play the Christmas song. Oh, okay. Chestnuts. Chestnuts. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful gentlemen. Thank you so much. That's Lightwood Duo, Mike Christiansen and uh, Eric Nelson. Uh, t- tell Mike, tell me about your. We, we do this every year, but it's fascinating to me every year. What? Tell me about the airport gig. Well, uh, many years ago, the airport approached us and asked us if we would uh, play down there uh, before uh, Thanksgiving, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and then the Sunday after, and then again uh, right before Christmas. This year we're pl- playing it on uh, Christmas Eve. So we go down and play at, uh, at several points at the airport. We start off playing um, early in the morning, very early in the morning, uh, at the security line down there and we kind of uh, calm people while they're impatiently <laughs> waiting to go through security and uh, and it seemed it, it works pretty well uh, you know it, it has a real calming effect on people that are waiting in the security lines and then we move over to the top of concourse D and we play over there while people are waiting for their connecting flights and then we'll move down and play by the uh, baggage claim area down there and so we we usually end up playing i think it was like 11 hours or something like that on long day on wednesday <laughs> and then again on sunday and i think we've got we start at uh, was it seven o'clock or seven six a.m on six a.m <laughs> on christmas eve and then we go till about eleven thirty uh on christmas but it, it's surprising that I, I guess it shouldn't have been so surprising to me but it but it was that the calming effect that it has on people while they're waiting in the line I mean we have people hollering out requests and dancing in the line <laughs> while they're playing and and it has its perks we we know uh, the favorite tune of all the TSA officers and, uh, <laughs> so when we're mm. we, when we're going through on uh, other flights 
we get a little preferential treatment every <laughs> once in a while from TSA. <laughs> we have to be careful to not play the same notes as the warning beepers there. That upsets the <laughs> that, agents. That upsets yeah. them, yeah. And yeah. they get confused. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, maybe you could uh, reveal some uh, TSA trade secrets. What, what are the favorites? Uh, the trade secrets. Uh, 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 what are the favorite tunes of uh, oh, the TSA they agents? They like the Eagles. Uh, they, they like Eagles. I mean, <laughs> okay. if we play Hotel California, we get we get a lot of cheers from that. And All then right. we always have the Take Five crowd and oh, uh, yeah. and uh, and uh, the Michael Bublé crowd. And the, it, it, it's a little bit of it. Some blues, some good old old blues, and uh, a little bit of everything. Really, yeah. it's, it's quite a mix. Oh well, yeah. You've you've changed my paradigm here. I, I had envisioned you playing Christmas music all. All day. So you, you you play all kinds of music. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We we mix it up. They they prefer that we mix it up, and we prefer for us that we mix it up. Right. Too. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Christmas yeah. music, but the steady diet is uh, it's nice to mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 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 beautiful, um, and uh, thank you for doing that. By the way, uh, Tim Slover and family are will be flying during this season. You yeah. you might be pacifying yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, I would. I hoped, but it, only Christmas Eve. I we we fly on the nineteenth, unfortunately. Oh. Just Christmas Eve, maybe. Okay, <laughs> you wouldn't come out just for the nineteenth, just yeah. for just for a few minutes. Oh, if they'll, if they'll pay us, we'll <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll have to pay, I guess, but to get that special. Well worth it. it. <laughs> well worth it. <laughs> you could take Lightwood Duo with you on the, that you know, to, to London. They could, they could play through, throughout your trip. There we go. Uh, would Christmas in London? That that'll be nice. Yeah, it's the first for me. I've been there almost every other time of year, but never actually over Christmas. So mm. uh, we're really looking forward to it. Yeah. You're listening uh, to Tim Slover. He's a theater professor at University of Utah, author of The Christmas Chronicles. And uh, we're listening to Lightwood Duo, Mike Christiansen and Eric Nelson. So, Tim Slover, I think you have a brief uh, reading for us. Today. I do. Um, Christmas Chronicles. I wrote that radio series uh, really out of a sort of irritation at all of the fake stuff about Santa Claus. Um, I wanted to write the true and accurate history uh, and practices of Santa Claus. Um, and uh, so I'm thrilled that UPR uh, airs that. Uh, it got turned into a book. Um, that Random House did, and uh, I have a dear friend in, in Salt Lake, uh, Susan. And Susan uh, has become interested in collecting used copies of the Christmas Chronicles. And uh, I thought I would share three things that she found in three different used copies. Uh, the first uh, was written on a grocery receipt uh, from the book uh, that was sold somewhere in Connecticut. So this was scrawled on the back of a grocery receipt and stuck into the copy of Christmas Chronicles. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm altering it for public radio. Randy, you expletive, expletive, mother expletive, you have to stop telling Zane that Santa isn't going to bring him anything for Christmas every time he makes a mistake. He is going to get presents from Santa no matter what. You aren't perfect. Get over yourself. <laughs> that's that's uh, the ad layer here is this they the, the, it was put in the copy of Christmas Chronicles right exactly yeah uh, another of these books uh, I got three of these uh, just to prepare everybody uh, th- this was just the bookseller's recommendation tag got left in and that reviewer said it was quote the perfect family read because there's something true in it for every person I liked the true part uh, and the third one uh, the one that I think actually is most touching to me was actually an inscription in uh, in a book I think that was uh, uh, Susan uh, had got from the Midwest, uh, and it said this to my dearest Maddie because I love you the very most. Hmm. 
Merry Christmas, Grammy. P.S. Just because your mama and dad don't believe doesn't make it so. You and I know the truth. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. It is, uh, it is magic. There's something about, uh, about the time of year. And uh, it, it's, it's wonderful to see the kids, you know, that belief, right? That, that you're, you're kind of advocating that adults should have too. Yeah, I see no problem with any of this. Yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah the truth's the truth. Hmm. So uh, Christmas Chronicles, one of the things I like about the book, um, well, the series, the radio series in the book, you explain um, how Santa could deliver presents all around the world on one night. Right. Tell us how that works. Uh, well, it's the principle of chronolepsy um, that uh, for him, time stops. So uh, it's one night for us. Um, it's, it's probably a few months of toil for him, uh, which is why he needs to vacation, generally in Maui after it's over. Mm. Um, but that's, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the modus operandi. Mm. Um, you have to watch out, of course, when time is stopped because things like birds are stopped midair. And if you're flying, that's, a, that's an issue. So that all has to be checked out. Has, the charts have to be done well in advance. Mm. And they, the whole system of the science of it and, and the uh, migration routes of birds and making sure that you're uh, you know, on any given year, uh, it's, uh, it's really... It's, it's a very difficult operation, but he's got good people. Hmm. He's got good people. That's right. He does. <laughs> you also explain how he understands all the languages as he goes around the world. Yeah, that's, um, that's a kind of gift uh, that he's given, and it, uh, he doesn't know he's going to have it at first. Uh, in fact, as he, as he crosses uh, uh, ba- tribal boundaries, international boundaries, and just begins speaking in the, uh, in the proper language, um, he doesn't even know he's doing it. Again, it's the people around him. In this case, the reindeer who um, point that out to him because it doesn't, it doesn't work for them. Mm-hmm. It just works for him. Yeah. Well, I hope you'll tune in if you haven't heard this uh, series. It's uh, beautifully done. Um, Tim Slover wrote it, and then uh, the good folks gave you a you. Walter Rudolph was the general manager at the time and yeah. uh, took this over, and uh, some great folks. Um, you, you found a wonderful uh, actor. Yes, Richard to, Johnston. To, to voice the, the series. Yeah. And uh, just, just high quality. So that's, uh, that's premiering, uh, at least for this season, uh, 7 p.m. on Monday, and it runs uh, evening 7 p.m. through Thursday. Um, Mike and Eric, can you we'll go to a break after this? Uh, can you play us another, another tune? Sure. It's a very um, recorded by Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> right. Christmas don't be late, but we're going to put a little twist on it. We're going to take it down to Rio, and uh, we're going to do this as a bossa nova. Oh, that'll be so nice. We'll uh, we'll warm Christmas up a little bit with this.
Beautiful gentlemen, thank you so much. That's Lightwood Duo by Christy Anson and Eric Nelson. Uh, and you can find uh, a lot more about them at their website, lightwoodduo.com. Tim Slover is with us as well, uh, theater professor at University of Utah. Right now, best place is Plan B Theater, where his, they're prepping his latest play, which is the title of which is... Virtue. Virtue. It's about Hildegard uh, Bingen. Right. Uh, when does that open? Uh, second week of February. Okay. So uh, you know where to go to, to see some uh, Tim's, Tim Slover, uh, <laughs> a, a Tim Slover production. Um, we're spending the hour with Tim Slover and with Lightwood Duo and with you. Some uh, wonderful music and readings for the holiday. Much more follows this break. You're listening to the Access Utah Holiday Special for 2016. Tom Williams with you, and uh, as has become our tradition, we have Lightwood Duo in studio with us. Mike Christiansen on guitar and Eric Nelson on clarinet. And with me in studio is Tim Slover, theater professor at University of Utah, author of the Christmas Chronicles. So we're enjoying some great readings for the season and some great music for the holidays as well. Thank you for uh, joining us. Before the break... Um, Mike, we heard some uh, some music with uh, traditional holiday music with a Brazilian right. uh, turn, some yeah. ba- bossa nova. You yeah. and Eric are involved in a, in a group called Evening in Brazil, which right. we've enjoyed here on Utah Public Radio. Oh, thank you. Um, tell us how that came about, the, the, the interest in Brazilian music. Um, well, we've always had an interest in Brazilian music, but uh, as far as putting the group together, uh, I took a sabbatical a while back and... Uh, Went down to Rio, worked with some Brazilian musicians down there, studied there, uh, played a little bit down there. And uh, when I came back, I found a, uh, a person here that, um, engineering professor actually, that's also a, a guitarist that played some guitar in uh, down South America. And uh, we thought it would be great to put a Brazilian group together. And Eric and I have always done some sambas and bossa novas, so uh, we started rehearsing this uh, group, and we did a concert, and we called the concert An Evening in Brazil, and that just sort of stuck the name of the group, An Evening in Brazil. And we put the percussionist, drummer, bass, uh, female vocalist, and um, really a lot of fun to play. We do a lot of events down in Salt Lake. We've uh, um, performed around the country with that group, so... It's, it is beautiful, and uh, thank you for coming in uh, on a regular basis to, to do that for us at UPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Eric, um, I, I see maybe more off, obvious connection with guitar to Brazilian music. What, what about uh, clarinet and reed instruments? Well, there is some clarinet playing down there, but it's, it's more often a tenor saxophone and, uh, in a Brazilian band, and especially as it's perceived here in the U.S., and that came about from Stan Getz's association with... Uh, Jao Gilberto and Astrid Gilberto and the bossa nova movement of the 60s. So mm. I usually play the tenor saxophone in the Brazilian band. Yeah, well, it's, it's beautiful. Thank you. Lightwood duo in the, in the studio there. Uh, gentlemen, uh, could you uh, play us another tune? Okay. We gave a little tease of this earlier. So uh, this is the full-length version. Okay. Have yourself. Thank you. 
Thank you, gentlemen. That's the Lightwood Duo on our Access Utah Holiday Special. Mike Christiansen on the guitar and Eric Nelson on the clarinet. Mike, in the, in the middle of that, I, I almost <laughs> thought I heard a little bit of Flintstones. Yeah, I figured you know, you, you if anybody gets it. sued, it would be you guys. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I figured everything was copyright yeah, free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think it was brief enough that we'll be up. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. That's, it's kind of funny. Every once in a while, you throw some stuff in. Yeah, in, in improvisation, that's called a, a musical quote. Yeah, and uh, yeah. when you, when you play a tune that has the the same chord changes as another song, you can slip in a, a different melody in there. And yeah. that uh, particular chord progression, there are thousands of tunes written to that, so it's always fun to slip one in and yeah. see if somebody can re- <laughs> identify it. <laughs> yeah, Tim and I smiled at each other. We'd recognize that at the same time. Yeah, uh, thanks yeah. for that, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, let's turn to, back to Tim Slover. Maybe give us a couple of uh, readings here in, in a row. What what are you going to give us first? Well, you know how now you don't dare buy anything or go to a restaurant or, uh, you know, go on a vacation or anything until you read the reviews. We live in an era when everything is reviewed. So I came across this, uh, the 12 reviews of Christmas. It occurred to me that I might want to look into this thing that's happening now and the public are getting into called Christmas, see if I might want to visit or attend or like it or whatever. So I did what any thinking person does when they need to figure out how great or not great something is and if it's worth my valuable time and resources. I took my question to the people. I have great faith in the wisdom of the people, especially the ones I've never met probably have little in common with and have no idea whether or not their information is accurate or even credible. So I checked out their reviews online about Christmas. Here's what a dozen of the people said. Number 12 will blow your mind. Review number one. Went to Christmas on the recommendation of a friend. So glad I did. Turns out there's presents. Five stars. Number two. As a Jewish person and a longtime user of Hanukkah, I went ahead and bought the so-called Christmas upgrade as suggested by Best Buy. This was a mistake. My dreidel and menorah stopped working immediately, and none of the new colors were compatible with blue and white. Don't get sucked in. One star, and that's just because I'm a nice Jewish boy. Number three, let me explain my 2.573 star rating. Christmas looks great out of the box. The materials are first class, particularly the pine scent and steep retail discounts. I tried mine on, and as advertised, the user interface was smooth and pleasing with people passing, people laughing, meeting smile after smile. So that would normally be three stars for me. Everyone knows who follows me. I'm a tough grader. But then after I used Christmas for a while, I noticed significant poinsettia droop, a tendency towards frantic gift card buying. And I have to say, while the fire inside was delightful, the weather outside was definitely frightful. Still, hot chocolate's a nice touch. Keep trying, Christmas. Number four, had frequent flyer miles that had to be used, and Travelocity had a Christmas package that included a tree with deluxe ornaments, Messiah tickets, carol singing on the hotel, mezzanine, and free rental car, so took a chance. Life-changing. My husband, who hates everything not Pittsburgh Steelers, loved this. Converted to Christianity. Four stars. Would be five if he'd chosen Episcopalian. Number five, did you know part of the deal was fruitcake? Zero stars. Number six, I have to disagree with the last reviewer because he or she just doesn't get it. Fruitcake has a venerable, beautiful heritage and tradition behind it. It's the essence of Christmas, but you're not supposed to eat it. Duh. Minus one star for that ignorant hater. 
Number seven. I think it's fruitcake lover who doesn't get it. I haven't tried Christmas yet, waiting for retirement and counting the days, but my exhaustive online research says it's about love and charity, so get a little moron. I don't believe in cretinous star ratings, but if I did, negative a million for fruitcake lover. I hate that guy. Number eight. So now the basket of deplorables has been heard from. Could we please get back to the subject? I have to make a decision about Christmas ASAP. It's already practically the middle of December. Tried Arbor Day. No good. Need help. Number nine. Dear need help. Maybe my experience will be helpful to you. I hope so. Went to the Christmas Street of Dreams open house this year and was bowled over. L.L. Bean wreath on the front door, executive entrance, separate home office, spacious open plan, all decorated like the holiday edition of Architectural Digest. Even fresh clove slash cinnamon roll slash hazelnut coffee scented candle burning in the comfortable but gracious family room. Plus the state of the art theater home theater or state of the art home theater playing a Muppet Christmas Carol. I can tell you the missus and I were super impressed, and the kids were jumping up and down. Had a fellow there from the North Pole branch of Citibank qualifying people for thirty year fixed rate mortgages on the spot, and we jumped into the line with visions of sugar plums and family board game nights dancing in our heads. But guess what? We didn't qualify. North Pole guy had two long lists, and we were on the naughty one. So my advice when it comes to Christmas, check your moral pulse before you commit. I still got to give Christmas a couple of stars, though. They gave us candy canes on the way out. Number 10. Okay, I definitely know Christmas is a chain, but then you know so is Olive Garden, right? And look at the good reviews that gets. My sorority sisters, shout out, and I think Christmas is totally groovy, as the kids say. Ha ha. Definitely look into the peace on earth options on the flip side of the menu, because that's like what Christmas is all about, right? Oh, and don't worry about the calories and shiz like that, because girl, you will definitely work them off subbing for Santa and twerking your goodwill towards men, if you know what I mean, Monica. Total shout out. Anyway, 17 stars and unicorns for Christmas, which is the best. Number 11. Got sucked in by the TV commercial. Went down to the car dealer for Yulathon and test drove Christmas so I could get the promised inflatable reindeer. Christmas drove okay. Very good music system. Good on snowy roads, but way too many payments for a working man. My gripe is the reindeer they give you is not anatomically correct due to way too big red nose, and you have to blow it up yourself. Sad. A star or two, I guess. Number 12, ahem. Unaccustomed as I am to commenting in public, I feel I need to set the record straight on a few important matters. My name is Claus, Santa Claus. This will come as a surprise to many of you, but not everything you read in a forum, even one as carefully curated as this one undoubtedly is, is strictly accurate. For example, there is no naughty and nice list, tempting as it is to create one some years. Shout out Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, and of course, as every year, Florida. And there is no branch of Citibank at the North Pole. We don't work that way. On the other hand, twerking is much enjoyed north of the Arctic Circle. I have no comment on fruitcake, but I will say this to all of you contemplating looking into Christmas. If you let it in, there are not stars enough in the heavens to extol its virtues. Tim Slover, the 12 reviews of, of Christmas. That's, that's your work, right? Uh, and uh, you worked in twerking twice. I did, so that's, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's an accomplishment. That's, <laughs> seems like we're, there's some truth to that, to, to, to the, this uh, forum, right? We're communicating with each other on comment sections. Exactly. These days. And there's always some number that will blow your mind. Yeah, I, I yeah right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and some are more carefully curated than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
it's kind of a truth free zone as well <laughs> on, on those those comment sections that's wonderful thank you so much uh, uh give us another reading if you would okay um uh, there's a wonderful writer uh, in Canada whose name is Maureen Hull, and uh, she does a lot of things. Uh, she's a writer. She also does costuming, and she also does lobster fishing. And uh, I've excerpted from her hysterical story, I think, called The Montreal Ants. Montreal in eastern Canada is the exotic, the dangerous, and the far away. Uh, this is her brief tale. When we were little, my younger sister Lisbeth and I had two pairs of ants. The one on Dad's side lived in Ottawa, and they were good Baptists like us, and the one on Mum's side lived in Montreal. By accidentally listening at keyholes and such, I knew that the Montreal ants smoked, drank gin, went dancing, and wore red lipstick, which they used to kiss the boyfriends they weren't in any great hurry to marry. For Christmas, the Ottawa ants sent us copies of the New Testament, bound in white leather with gold leaf printing, and fair isle tams with matching scarves and gloves. Mum said they had good taste. The Montreal ants, unconstrained by a Baptist upbringing or a steady marriage or good taste, sent us whatever amused them. It was a tradition in our family that we were allowed to wear whatever we liked from our Christmas pile to the church service we went to before we sat down to Christmas dinner. When I turned five, the Montreal ants decided we weren't babies anymore and sent Lisbeth and me a jug of pink bubble bath and a quart of highly scented cologne apiece, lily of the valley for me, lilac for Lisbeth. Of course, we wanted to wear that to church. Mum showed us how to subtly dab behind our ears and at our wrists, but we wanted more of the wonderful stuff, so when she wasn't looking, we poured on a generous amount. Dad made us sit at the very end of the pew, as far from him as possible, because he said we made his eyes water. The year I was eight and Elizabeth was six, the ants went too far. They sent us nylon stockings and red plastic high-heeled shoes with rhinestone butterflies on the toes as big as my fist. The shoes fit perfectly. Dad was horrified to think they made such things in children's sizes, but Mum assured him that you could find anything in Montreal. Lisbeth and I hurried to get dressed for church, including the nylon stockings we substituted for the thick brown ribbed stockings we usually wore and the red high-heeled shoes with rhinestone butterflies. Every year, I didn't envy my friends their Christmas dresses. Envy was a sin. It wasn't allowed. So I didn't. And baby Jesus had finally rewarded me with the help of the Montreal ants. Looking like streetwalkers, he was saying, his voice very loud. Just little girls, she was arguing. They were fighting in the kitchen downstairs. Sequin G-strings next, he was yelling. My sisters you're insulting, she was yelling back. I clomped downstairs and into the kitchen to try to make them stop. You're scaring Lisbeth. I threw my arms around my mother's middle and burst into tears. Baby Jesus says you have to love everybody, even if they live in Montreal. Oh, Christ, said my father, sitting down. My mother started to laugh. Lisbeth and I were carried off to church with toffees in our pockets and our gorgeous new shoes on our feet. I thanked baby Jesus for Lisbeth and my parents, for six excellence and two very goods on my report card, and most fervently, I thanked him for the Montreal ants. <laughs> the Montreal ants. Uh, who's the author? Uh, that's uh, Maureen Hull. Okay. Wonderful. That's Tim Slover uh, reading uh, uh, for the season there. Um, Mike and Eric, could you play us another tune? And we'll, we'll go to another break. Sure. We're, we're trying to recover in here from hearing the reviews of Christmas, so <laughs> we try to compose ourselves here. This is uh, 
God rescue married gentleman crossed with a little bit of stray cat strut. So I guess it's uh, God rescue cats. <laughs> Very good. You're listening to the Access Utah Holiday Special for 2016. Uh, Tom Williams with you. We're enjoying some wonderful music for the season performed by the Lightwood Duo. Mike Christiansen on guitar and Eric Nelson on clarinet. And uh, we also have with us in studio Tim Slover, who is giving us some wonderful readings for the season. Glad you've joined us and uh, hope you'll stay tuned for another about eight minutes that we have left in the, uh, in the program. Uh, it's great to have all of you uh, gentlemen with us. Uh, let's uh, jump right in, uh, Tim Slover. Um, 
couple more readings for the season? Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, Lawrence Lee, Laurie Lee, uh, is uh, from Gloucestershire, and um, he, he was a screenwriter. He wrote a lot of things, but he's best known for a, a trilogy of uh, autobiographical books about what it was like uh, growing up uh, in Gloucestershire. And of those, maybe the first one is the most famous, called Cider with Rosie. Uh, this goes back to a time when... Um, uh, Christmas caroling was a little more aggressive than it is for us. Uh, boys went around with boxes and expected you to put money in a box. Uh, so sometimes it was called carol barking for that reason. This is just an excerpt from that. The week before Christmas, when snow seemed to lie thickest, was the moment for carol singing. And when I think back to those nights, it is to the crunch of snow and to the lights of the lanterns on it. Steadily, we worked through the length of the valley, visiting the lesser and the greater gentry, the farmers, the doctors, the merchants, the majors, and other exalted persons, and we poured scorn on each other's performances. Horace, Walt said, shouldn't sing at all. His voice was beginning to break. Horace disputed this, and there was a brief token battle. They fought as they walked, kicking up the divots of snow. Then they forgot it, and Horace still sang. We approached our last house high up on the hill, the place of Joseph the farmer. For him, we had chosen a special carol, which was about the other Joseph, so that we always felt that singing it added a spicy cheek to the night. The last stretch of country to reach his farm was perhaps the most difficult of all. In these rough, bare lanes, open to all winds, sheep were buried and wagons lost. Huddled together, we tramped in one another's footsteps. Powdered snow blew into our screwed-up eyes. The candles burnt low. Some blew out altogether, and we talked loudly above the gale. Crossing at last the frozen mill stream, whose wheel in summer still turned a barren mechanism, we climbed up to Joseph's farm. Sheltered by trees, warm on its bed of snow, it seemed always to be like this. As always, it was late. As always, this was our final call. The snow had a fine crust upon it, and the old trees sparkled like tinsel. We grouped ourselves round the farmhouse porch. The sky cleared, and broad streams of stars ran down over the valley and away to Wales. On slads, white slopes, seen through the black sticks of woods, some red lamps still burned in the windows. Everything was quiet. Everywhere there was the faint crackling silence of the winter night. We started singing... And we were all moved by the words and the sudden trueness of our voices. Pure, very clear, and breathless we sang. As Joseph was a-walking, he heard an angel sing, This night shall be the birth-time of Christ the heavenly King. He neither shall be borned in housen nor in hall, nor in a place of paradise, but in an ox's stall. And two thousand Christmases became real to us then. The houses, the halls, the palaces of paradise had all been visited. The stars were bright to guide the kings through the snow, and across the farmyard we could hear the beasts in their stalls. We were given roast apples and hot mince pies. In our nostrils were spices like myrrh, and in our wooden box as we headed back for the village there were golden gifts for all. Beautiful. Tell us the title again. Uh, it's an excerpt from Laurie Lee's book, Cider with Rosie. Mm, wonderful. Uh, one last uh, a piece. Thank you. One of my favorite poets that I knew personally, he's passed away now, uh, was a Utah poet named Marden Clark. Uh, his son, Dennis Clark, is a, all, an excellent poet, too. The Clark family, amazingly talented family. He wrote this uh, when he knew that he had heart problems. Um, 
and uh, he heard his doctor say, what we're getting is more than murmur. An echocardiogram will show the inner workings of the heart. And he thought of that metaphorically, and he wrote this poem called Echo Card for your 1,992nd birthday. It's going to reference some local uh, or, or some uh, then uh, spots where there was a lot of poverty and a lot of trouble. Those spots have changed now, but that idea of poverty and trouble and refugees, of course, unfortunately still remains. Echo Card. I come to you with swollen heart. I know the birth that gave you heart like mine when heaven sang you Lord of hosts and kings. I know you mighty to create and save. I've joined in alleluias, living joyful. I know you love your name who lives and loves. I know you know with me your nearly living, barely skeletal children, tens of thousands. Oh, come, dear Savior child. Oh, come, fill them. Come wreathed in myrtle, frankincense, and myrrh. Come to them in Somalia, Bosnia, Brownsville. Then come and help my heart to echo yours. Not just its faulty, leaky, swollen self. Come open. Fill my murmuring heart with you. Beautiful. Tell us the title again. Echo Card. Okay. Tim Slover, Readings for the Season. Uh, one last tune from Lightwood Duo. What are you going to play for us? Okay, Tom, uh, in 1818, uh, Silent Night was originally performed. Uh, Franz Gruber was uh, going to play it on the organ, but the story goes that the organ was broke, so it was composed on the guitar mm-hmm. and uh, with the lyrics by uh, Joseph Moore. And uh, we'd like to do a, a kind of a takeoff of that, uh, the original version. Uh, some, Eric will play the melody and I'll play the guitar accompaniment, very similar to what the very original Silent Night was. Oh, wonderful. listening to the Axis Utah Holiday Special here on Utah Public Radio. That was beautiful, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Um, it's Mike Christiansen on guitar and uh, Eric Nelson on uh, the clarinet. Tim Slover has uh, joined us uh, in studio readings uh, for the season. You can find out m- much more about the Lightwood Duo at lightwoodduo.com. And the uh, best place to go for Tim Slover right now, because his play is uh, being prepared, is uh, Plan B Theater in, in Salt Lake City. Um, Mike and uh, Eric, thank you so much. Thanks for having us, Tom. It's always a pleasure. And uh, Tim, thanks. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all. Uh, Thanks for listening to Access Utah.
You're listening to Utah Public Radio, a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR, Logan. KUSK, Vernal. KUSL, Richfield. KUST, Moab. KCEU, Price. KUSU, FM, Logan. Also heard at upr.org.